Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be going through acute asthma. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash acute asthma or in the respiratory section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. An acute exacerbation of asthma is characterized by a rapid deterioration in the symptoms of asthma. And this can be triggered by any of the typical asthma triggers such as infection, exercise or cold weather. The presentation involves a rapid worsening and symptoms of shortness of breath, signs of respiratory distress, a fast respiratory rate which we call tachypnea, expiratory wheeze on the auscultation heard throughout the chest. The chest can sound tight on auscultation with reduced air entry and something called a silent chest, which is a very ominous sign. And this is where the airways are so tight it's not possible for the child to move enough air through the airways to create a wheeze. And this might be associated with reduced respiratory effort due to fatigue. So a less experienced practitioner may think that because there's no respiratory distress and no wheeze, the child is not as unwell. However, in reality, a silent chest is life-threatening. Let's talk about assessing the severity. And it's important to assess the severity of asthma to guide how aggressively you treat the child. And these criteria are adapted from the BTS or British Thoracic Society and the SIGN guidelines from 2016. The things that would suggest a moderate exacerbation of asthma would be a peak flow above 50% of predicted, normal speech, and none of the features that I'm going to list of severe or life-threatening asthma. Features that would make you consider severe asthma would be a peak flow below 50% predicted, oxygen saturations below 92%, not being able to complete sentences in one breath, signs of respiratory distress, a respiratory rate above 40 in 1-5 to year olds or above 30 in more than 5 year olds and a heart rate above 140 in 1-5 to year olds or a heart rate above 125 in a child above five years of age. Features that would make you consider life-threatening asthma would be a peak flow below 33% of predicted, oxygen saturations below 92%, exhaustion and a poor respiratory effort, hypotension or a low blood pressure, a silent chest which we've already discussed, cyanosis or altered consciousness or confusion due to the hypoxia. Let's go into detail about the management. The staples of management in acute viral induced wheeze or acute asthma are supplementary oxygen if required, and this is to keep the oxygen saturations above 94% or to improve respiratory distress. Bronchodilators such as salbutamol, ipratropium, and magnesium sulfate. Steroids to help reduce airway inflammation, and this can be with prednisolone given orally or hydrocortisone given intravenously and antibiotics which are only given if a bacterial cause is suspected and that might be amoxicillin or erythromycin. Bronchodilators are stepped up as required. So the first step would be inhaled or nebulized salbutamol which is a beta 2 agonist and inhaled or nebulized ipratropium bromide, which is an anti-muscarinic medication. Next would be IV magnesium sulfate, and finally IV aminophylline. 
Mild cases can typically be managed as an outpatient with regular salbutamol inhalers via a spacer device to improve the technique. And this could be with four to six puffs every four hours. Moderate to severe cases require a step-rise approach in hospital working upwards until the control is achieved. And this will involve salbutamol inhalers via a spacer device, which may start at 10 puffs every two hours, nebulizers with salbutamol or ipratropium bromide, oral prednisolone, typically one milligram per kilogram of body weight once a day for three days, IV hydrocortisone if oral prednisolone is not suitable, IV magnesium sulfate, IV salbutamol, and IV aminophilin. If you've not got control by this point, the situation is very serious and you need to call an anaesthetist and the intensive care unit. The child may need intubation and ventilation. The call to the anaesthetist and the intensive care unit should be made early to give the best chance of successfully intubating the child before the airways become too constricted as intubation can be very challenging in acute asthma. Once you've established control and you've got the wheeze and the respiratory distress under control, you can gradually work your way back down the ladder as the child gets better. You can do this by reviewing the child prior to their next dose of their bronchodilator, whether that's salbutamol or ipratropium. Look for evidence of cyanosis, tracheal tug, subcostal recessions, hypoxia, tachypnea, or a wheeze on auscultation. If the child looks well, then you can consider stepping down the number and the frequency of the bronchodilators. A typical step-down regime of inhaled salbutamol is 10 puffs every 2 hours, then 10 puffs every 4 hours, then 6 puffs every 4 hours, and then 4 puffs every 6 hours. It's worth considering monitoring the serum potassium when a child is on high doses of salbutamol. Salbutamol causes potassium to be absorbed from the blood into cells, so it can cause a low potassium level. It's worth noting that salbutamol causes tachycardia or a fast heart rate and a tremor, so you may find after high doses of salbutamol, the child develops a fast heart rate, and this is most likely due to the salbutamol. Let's talk about discharge. Generally, discharge can be considered when a child is on six puffs of salbutamol every four hours and they can be prescribed a reducing regime of salbutamol to continue at home. For example, six puffs every four hours for two days, then four puffs every six hours for two days, and then two to four puffs as they need it after that. There's a few other things to consider when you discharge a child. Finish the course of steroids. Typically, these are three-day courses. Provide safety net information about when to return to hospital and when to seek help and provide an individualized written asthma care plan so they know what to do in future exacerbations. So thanks for listening to this episode on acute asthma. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. You can also find full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books on Audible. And you can find notes, videos, illustrations, and questions completely free on the website at zerotofinals.com. And I hope you tune in for the next episode where we'll be talking about chronic asthma.